Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, let's jump into the Word. Uh, Mark 16, I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation. This is, I call this ro- the romantic version of the Bible. Um, if you read this, <laughs> you'll understand that. Um, but it is, it is a legitimate translation. Um, so let's... Mark 16, here, um, kicking off in verse 1, it says, On the first day of the week, as the Sabbath was ending, Mary Magdalene, mother of, uh, mother, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of Jacob and Salome, made their way to the tomb. It was very early in the morning as the first streaks of light were beginning to be seen in the sky. They had purchased aromatic embalming spices, romantic version right there, so that they might anoint his body. And they had been asking one another, who can roll away the heavy stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? But when they arrived, they discovered that the very large stone that had been sealed, that had sealed the tomb was already rolled away. And as they stepped into the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right, dressed in a long white robe. The women were startled and amazed, but the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I know that you've been looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen victoriously. Look, see the place where they laid him. I don't know... uh, about you, but I've seen some pretty weird things put into preserving jars at museums as I've visited them over the years. Has anyone seen weird things in preserving jars? I've seen animals, I've seen body parts, I've seen eyeballs, I've seen spiders, I've seen some pretty weird stuff. Is it a show of hands? Anyone else seen some pretty weird dead stuff in, in preserving jars? My mum, she used to have a preserving day, like back in the 70s and 80s, probably pre-90s, I don't know, but in that era anyway, I don't know if it happens these days, um, and, and you were a, an above rubies woman, um, no one will get that unless you're over 50, probably, uh, and, and, and if you were, <laughs> there we go, uh, and, and you would have a preserving day, and on that day, you would get all the fruit and not the weird stuff where our family wasn't weird. It wasn't like the Adams family where they probably preserved crazy stuff, but my mum would, there'd be like a fruit explosion in the kitchen, and it would be up the walls and everywhere, and there'd be peaches and plums, and somehow tomato sauce was probably made on that day as well. And it was just this, this day on the calendar. We'd all go out and pick all this fruit, and um, it was for preserving day. You know, these, anything that's preserved uh, is dead. Everything that is, is put in a bottle and pickled, it's just, it's there. It's not going to live again. It's, it's, it's done its life. It's grown all it's, it can grow. And it's in a jar. It's preserved for another day. It's preserved and it's static. But do you know these three women this day, they went to the tomb and they went to the tomb to embalm Jesus' body. They went to the tomb to preserve Him to see if his body could last a little bit longer. But do you know, Jesus isn't a memory to be preserved. They went that day to that tomb that day and they they discovered that he was unpreserved. 
preservable, that they couldn't put him on the shelf and that he was never to become just another historical figure. And essentially, we, we celebrate Easter, but because after his death on the cross, there was not a full stop in the end of a book, it was just the start of the greatest story that he came to this planet to release to humanity. You know, in his last breath, he didn't cry out, I have finished. He cried out, it is finished. My work is finished. The completion of everything that I've come to do on this planet, I have brought that to a fullness now with my death on the cross. And he said, it is finished. I've done all I can do. I've done everything I can to stop humanity going to hell. I've laid down my life and I send no one to hell. I'm, I lay down my life and, and no one, I don't want anyone to go there. The work that I've done, it is finish. I love that He came to bring to this earth and reveal the extraordinary love of the Father, the extravagant love of the Father, the extraordinary miracles that flowed from His life, the extraordinary grace that is available to every single one of us so that your life would not finish with a full stop in this season that you'd have a comma there, no matter where you're at today, that it would be, you know, a but Jesus. A but Jesus says over my life, a but Jesus has come to see the fullness of His promises released in my life, no matter what the circumstances are in your life. He came to reveal the extraordinary. I love the synonyms of the word extraordinary. And I've whittled this down a bit. Remarkable. He is remarkable. He is exceptional. He's amazing, astonishing, astounding, marvellous, wonderful, sensational, stunning, incredible, unbelievable, miraculous, phenomenal. He's spectacular, striking, outstanding, momentous, impressive, preeminent, and unforgettable. Come on. He's incredible. And when you look at the word extraordinary, what, what takes that word from the ordinary to the extraordinary? It's the word extra. And I believe as a church, and I just want to speak to this church, that we actually stand in a doorway for the opportunity of acceleration in this hour. I believe we're called to see the accelerated kingdom purposes outroll through our lives. And it may take a little extra in this season to make that happen. These three ladies, they were on their way to perform a, this post-burial embalming service. And they were looking at doing something extra for the person of Jesus Christ something extra to honour His body. And, and however, they were, they were so unsure that they could even get to Jesus' dead body. On the way, the Bible says that they wondered even if they could move the stone at the entrance of the tomb. They said, who can roll this away for us? But they went in spite of that to take the extra to Jesus Christ. And I love the, the impossibility of, of moving that stone for these ladies, ladies didn't stop them from still going to serve Jesus. 
for still going to Him in that moment. And I just, today, I just want to bring a simple message and I just want to bring two things from this story that we can just kind of apply into our lives and receive from Him today. And the first one is that these women, they gave extra. They gave extra to Jesus Christ. Last week, Tiger Woods, he, his golfing career, it seemed to have come back from the dead itself. He had his own resurrection Sunday last Sunday. I don't know if anyone's a golfer in the room. Does anyone follow what the news of, I see that hand. Tiger Woods was a golfer. He was amazing. Uh, and, and, and he's just come back onto the limelight after uh, 11 years of trying. 2008 was the last time that he won a golfing major. He's now the second oldest player in history to win a major. Uh, pre his 2008 time, his career was amazing. He was like, you see this young guy, I remember seeing him in the 90s as a teenager and he had these phenomenal stats. And, uh, but in, in around 2008, he had this personal crisis that was plastered all over the world. Everyone knew about what he was going for, for, through. He had a, a form slump, he had a back injury, but he refused to retire and give up on his dream in the pursuit of the extraordinary. He just wouldn't stop. He was there, he was there. The media would still talk about him, but he was still there. And in just over one year, Tiger Woods, he went from the golfing wilderness of being 100, no, 1,199th in the world to being number six. Isn't that incredible? It's like he came back from the dead, but he only achieved this because he gave extra. Do you know, three days after Jesus' death on the cross, these women that went to Jesus, they, didn't, they weren't looking just to get on with the ordinary things of life. They weren't looking at just going about their usual thing, but they were going to bring something extra for Jesus in anointing his dead body. And their desire to give extra towards Jesus, despite their lack of strength to roll away the stone, took them towards encountering the extraordinary, the extraordinary resurrection power of Jesus Christ, the extraordinary presence of angels. I just want to propose to you that we are way more likely to see the extraordinary unfold through our lives as we give extra honour to Jesus Christ. We position ourselves to see the extraordinary. Do you know, when I was a youth pastor quite a few years ago now, probably about seven years ago, I think I retired. No, I haven't retired because there's young people here today. I see them on the front row. They're my children, or one of them is. Anyway, uh, <laughs> when I was a youth pastor, we saw some amazing stuff happen in our youth ministry, as we are still continuing to see incredible stuff happen in the lives of young people. And, and at that time especially, we had so many young people come from uh, non-church backgrounds. And it was exciting to see God's heart move on these people, come in and receive the love of Jesus Christ. Mitch Gray was one of these young guys that came in on a Friday night and gave his life to Jesus. And it was just it was fantastic. But you know, at that time, I so struggled with my communication gift. I struggled as a preacher. I struggled so 
It was so hard. It was hard for me. It was hard for anyone to listen to me. It was really hard. But you know, this youth ministry, it wasn't built on my communication gift. It wasn't about that. Our, I believe our, our youth ministry was built on our leadership team, our youth leaders who came back every week and gave extra to our young people who were consistent and faithful and turned up and were a part of this incredible team that we had where we just bonded together. And they came and spoke into the lives of young people. They sacrificed their Friday nights and we saw an incredible move of God happen in the youth ministry of this church. And and it was down, I believe, to their consistency and faithfulness their desire to give extra, I just want to encourage you just to don't despise the extra that you give. Like what you do is you serve and thrive and you serve in life and you give the smile and you and you welcome people, whether this is at this church or whether this is in the marketplace, your extra is noticed. You are so noticed and you're opening a supernatural gateway for encounter as you do that. You're opening a world of possibilities when you give extra. Do you know there's eight things I've got here that require zero talent but create an environment for us to thrive in? Look, check this out. Number one, have a positive attitude. Have a po- you don't need any talent to have a positive attitude. You can just be like, what is Jesus thinking? I want to think. I want to align myself with his thinking. If you're struggling with mental health and, and low self-esteem, talk with someone. Don't confine yourself to feeling bad about yourself. Be teachable. Be teachable. You don't have to be talented to be teachable. You can learn from every, anyone. I'm still learning from our teenagers here. I'm learning from Luke Drinnan, an amazing young teenager. Who, he's an incredible young guy. Another thing, if you want to, <laughs> it's make an effort. You know, just don't, just don't ride on the coattails of anyone else around you, but actually like, hey, I need to own my lane and be everything that I can be in as, as who I'm created to be. Make an effort. Do it a little extra. That's what we're talking about. It's just good for your soul. It's so good for your soul to do a little extra. It keeps you there for the right reasons. And do for love what you'd usually do for money. It just says something about your heart and your character. Go the extra mile. Be prepared. Failing to prepare is preparing, preparing to fail. Just be prepared. Do a little extra. Be, be polite. Say please and thank you. We're going to keep it really basic here. Smile. Say hi. If someone walks in the room... Turn off your iPhone. Look up. Greet someone. Say, I'm really busy with this game, sorry. I just need to get back to it. But at least make an effort. Do something extra. Take responsibility. Take, learn to say sorry. This is a big one. Learn to say sorry, even if you think you're right. You know, I've worked for so many people over the years. Like, I'm a, I've been working... 25, no, even 27 years actually now in the workforce. And I've come across so many people who know how to say sorry and some people who have no idea how to say sorry. However, let me just say, there is such a sweetness around people who just don't mind saying sorry. So if you're struggling, if you're someone who struggles to say sorry, you're probably really hard to be married to, and I'm really sorry to say that. But learn to say sorry. There's a few extra things. What? Why is he talking about this on Easter Sunday? What has this got to do with Easter Sunday? But you know, seeing the fulfillment of Christ's purposes outworked in our lives, taking the "it is finished" moment on the cross, it's actually up to us. It's actually up to us to embrace the fullness of everything that He's done for us and say, you know, Jesus, I want to give you extra. I want to give you all that I am. I love uh, Colossians 3.23. It says, whatever you do, 
(laughs) Whatever you do, do with all your heart as though you are working for the Lord and not for men. Don't do stuff out of obligation. If you're doing stuff out of obligation now for no one, but just for the reason of obligation, stop doing it. Just stop. And then maybe just reconfigure your life and go, why was I doing what I was doing? And then hit the restart button and start doing it for the right reasons. Do it for Him first and then do it to bring the love of Christ to others. That's what it's about, people. That's what it's about. Come on. The Easter message of His finished work on the cross, it's just not a cheap ticket to heaven for us. It's not that. It's a gateway for us to be able to give the best of us to Him. That's what the Easter message is. And it was that extra desire to give honour to Jesus that brought these three women to encounter angels and the resurrected Jesus. My second point is anticipate a supernatural intervention. Anticipate a supernatural intervention. When Mary and the girls, they came up to the stone, they didn't even have to touch it. It had been rolled away. Something supernatural had happened. God had gone ahead of them and moved a stone that they could not move on their own. In verse 6, it says that the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I know that you are here looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen victoriously. Look, see the place where they laid him. I just want to say that Christ has come into our lives to shift the things that we can't shift on our own. That's what he's also come in our lives to do. He's come into our lives. He's working for you in this season. He is working for you. He's putting things in place for you. He's setting you up. He's setting you up for the next chapter in your life, and He wants to bless you. It says this in Romans 8, 11, that the Spirit of God who rose Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living in you. Come on. He wants to bring life to your mortal body today. Whether you're struggling with sickness, depression, or you're looking at getting some things cleared out of the way so that you can see the, you know, you can make way for the kingdom of God in your life. His resurrection power is available for you today. He is making room to shift things that you cannot shift in this season. He's opening gateways of opportunity for your greatest comeback story. Come on. I think that's what the story is, isn't it? It's come on, when we think it's all over, when we think Jesus is gone and He is just going to be in a preserving jar for all history to look at, He, the story's not over. He comes back from the death. He is the God of second chances for you today. If you need a second chance and you're like, I've blown it, I've blown it again. He's there for you today. He is the Lord of the second chances. And today is a day to celebrate that extraordinary hope. He, he's so optimistic over you. He's crazy about you. He's like in your ear. Right now, saying, you can do it. Listen to his voice. You're surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses cheering you on. To win the race, 
that you've been called to run in Christ Jesus. He came to set captives free. He came to destroy the works of the enemy. Come on. (coughs) Carl Crocker is an amazing pastor in our city of Levita Church. And um, he, over the last three years, he's been battling an autoimmune disease called sarcoidosis. And the, the disease, just in a nutshell, it, it causes calcified nodules to grow on lungs and they harden and it limits the, the um, body or the, the capacity to breathe. And this was discovered on, on him uh, three and a half years ago in a scan just after he had near-fatal blood clots in both lungs. And so his health over the last year, uh, few years especially has been steadily decreasing And then in March, he took a real turn for the worse when he was passing out during coughing fits. And so at this point, they um, called the church to fast and pray for a day. And I I just want to show you a video. Have we got that video? We don't have that video. Sheesh. That's not fair. It's a really awesome video of Carl, and he is testifying that his health has improved remarkably since that day. He went to the doctors, and um, there's a breathalyzer that they blow into, and that measures the the condition and the, your lung function. And so, if you can blow a seven, that's like, it means that you've really healthy lungs. And so he was blowing, I think, a 3.5. Um, and so he, just, he, he would get tired and out of breath so easily. And so he went into, um, he had some scans, and the scans didn't show anything different, actually. But he went into um, this, uh, to the doctors to, to take the lung function test, and he blew on it, and he blew a 7.1. And he's totally, he's got his totally restored supernatural intervention. When the church gathered together, did a little extra, (laughs) fasted and prayed, leaned in to that promise and for those breakthroughs that that they were looking for, they did that together. And a great testimony was released. I just want to ask you in closing today, What are those things that you're looking to move and shift in your life that you can't do on your own strength? What are those things that have frustrated you, that have have antagonized you? And you know and believe that God's put freedom in your heart, and this is everything but freedom. This is limitation and restriction. Because I believe that God wants to move boulders, (laughs) He wants to move and shift the things that we can't shift as we lean into Him. He wants to bring hope and He wants to see breakthrough released in your life. Maybe that's just your confidence today. Maybe that's your health. Maybe that's your hope when you're looking ahead thinking, man, I'm, I didn't, how did I get this old? What have I got to look forward to in life? He wants to restore you. Your life is about legacy. Your life is about creating an environment of freedom and joy. 
And if you're not experiencing hope, you know, then you're in disagreement with God over your life. He wants you to carry the hope that He has for you today. If you're here today and you're just like, I just want want some stuff to shift around my life, just right now, put your hand on your heart. Just put your hand on your heart and just like, God, I just... I want you to do something for me that I can't do on my own strength. And I just want to pray for you right now. Jesus, we just thank you today for your resurrection power. We just thank you today that you went to the cross and you died and you said it is finished, but the story was not finished. You were not finished at that moment. And we thank you that your resurrection became the fullness of everything that we could step into for our own lives, for our own families, for our community and the world around you. We thank you that that empty tomb became a gateway of opportunity for the supernatural to be made manifest in our lives. And I just pray for every soul here today who's looking for breakthrough, who's looking to you to shift the things that they can't shift on our own, God. And we just say thank you today. We say thank you. We say thank you for your timing. We say thank you for victory. We say thank you for hope and we say thank you for healing, God. We say thank you for everything that we can't do on our own right now, God. We say thank you for your amazing grace. And today I just I just release the Father's blessing over everyone in the room. I just release the blessing of the Father, the fullness of the Father's love and his grace and his mercy to be made manifest today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Hey, let's just all stand together. Perhaps you've come along here today and uh, this is an Easter Sunday and you've come along to celebrate Easter, but you're not usually a church person. You're not someone who even actually identifies with having a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to tell you today that that starting point for your relationship with Jesus is just one step away and it just takes a step of faith. And your mind may just be just full of questions about what it is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But I want to tell you that He will meet you as you step towards Him. His grace is sufficient for you. The Bible says that His power is even made perfect in our weakness. And don't wait to sort your life out to come to Jesus Christ. He's not waiting for you to fix yourself up and become religious to have a dynamic relationship of joy, hope and freedom with Him. He just wants your yes today. He just wants you to say, I need you and I want to follow you with all my heart. And so today, if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, I want to give you an opportunity right now in this moment. And you can do that just with every eye closed and head bowed today. You can do that. And your step of faith just looks like raising your hands just to, to show that you actually want to take a step of faith and say, yes, Jesus, I want to follow you.
Maybe you're here today and you know that you're not walking in relationship with Jesus Christ and you want to come back. It's like you knew what it was, but today you want to come back and receive the fullness of life again in Christ Jesus. If that's you today, I want to ask you just to lift your hand and say, yes, Glenn, that's me. I want to follow Jesus Christ. I want to follow Him with all my heart and my soul. I want to give Him the extra that I've just held back. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. You're so good. Let's just say this prayer together. Dear Jesus, thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you for for forgiving me. I receive your unconditional love. And I want to follow you with all of my heart, with all of my strength, and all of my might. Holy Spirit, I receive you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on social media. 